the Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, with me is my co-host, Will. Say hello, buddy. Hello to everybody out there in podcast land. Is that a land? The real thing? Uh, well, I think it's going to be the next edition to Disneyland. Are they closing down part of the park for it? No, they're just going to have a nice little hideaway in the corner where a whole bunch of middle-aged guys like us get uh, you know, hammered and uh, hide ourselves away in a dark room. As long as there's a beer cart, I'm in. Nice. So anyway, we're just sitting here, speaking of, enjoying our usual frosty beverages. What you got, buddy? Well, tonight I enjoyed a nice Imperial Ale from the Lagunitas Brewery Company. It was good. It was a Pilsner. Oh, that's right. La- the uh, Imperial Pilsner. Yeah, it was It was lovely. Uh, I actually set out to have another Rast, uh, Rumble Stillskin. Right. Turned out, they were out of that, and I had a nice Racer X instead, which I have featured on the show before, and it was quite good. Yeah, I, that's your that's your standby at, at Piaggi's. No, Racer 5. This is Racer X. Oh, is it double ops? This is beyond Racer 5. This is two times the 5. It's an X, which is Roman numerals for 10. No way. You feeling it? You feeling it? Wow. Right? All this time, I never knew. Roman numerals. Anyway, so before we get started, if you have comments, oh, right now, real quick, though. I am having, right now, back to my usual beer camp, Tropical IPA. Nice. Well, right right now I'm drinking a Diet Pepsi because I limit myself to one beer a mm. night while I'm on my pain meds. There'll be no limiting. Anyway, and before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Sotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at IMO Griggs. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. So, give us time. Let us know. You love us. We like that. Yes. <laughs> Dynamite drop in. I was gonna, just about to say that. Dynamite drop in, bro. Uh, so we have the timestamps in the show notes for non-Sortor fans. Uh, we do have some good Sortor stuff tonight. We do. Patreon.com slash usual podcast. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, we have great patrons. and we, we do. They are incredible. Yeah. And we are literally four or five bucks away from our patron roundtable. And as a little quick segue, we are one episode away from what we are dubbing our one-year episode. One episode away. And all Techn- that, Technically, our one-year anniversary is... It's today. It's like is it this today week. or tomorrow? It's the yeah. 31st. Yeah. But we put our first podcast out right before February began right. last year. And we're going to dub... And it seemed weird doing it on episode 49. I know, right? 50 just seems yeah. like it has much better... Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And a lot of people do 52. Um, I just thought, I mean, really, it should be this week. But it's going to be next week. So... Uh, if you want to give us some love, let us know. We've been around a year. That's a thing. Uh, also, audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. Uh, you know, get a free book from us on us. Yes. From us and on us? Ooh. Oh, and actually, I have something new to mention. It is not a Star Wars book. I am going to recommend mm. you pre- I, I'm going to uh, blast me, right? I mean, it's not a Star Wars book. I'm going to recommend that you pre-order. <laughs> um, one of my favorite authors has a new book coming out. His name is Steve Barry, and he writes a series of books based around the character Cotton Malone, and they're all fantastic. Um, and he has a new book coming out in April. I think it's April 28th, but I, I, I believe you can pre-order it now on, on Amazon and, and Audible. Um, but it's called The 14th Colony. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, and uh, I'm guessing it's going to have to do with uh, the U.S. trying to annex Canada near the beginning and um, the always constant idea of Quebec seceding from Canada and joining the U.S. as a 51st state. But I think that'll definitely be interesting. I'm in, dude. I'm with you. 
We are going to do another drawing. We're going to do a, our drawing on our one-year episode for our patrons. Yes, we are. So, again, not too late to become a patron, right? I know. And actually, I just looked at it yesterday. We are $9.99. Yeah, that's... Push us over the hump and get us into double digits. And if we get to 15, look, you can buy your way onto the show. Seriously. If you get us to 15... If you get us to 15, you're on the show. You don't have to worry about editing or recording or anything. Well, you have to record. but Well, we but, do. But Yeah, well, here's the thing. You'll be on the show. Yes. It'll be exciting. And we'll talk about whatever we want. And it, it'll probably be like an eight-hour show. Yeah, seriously. And you'll be on with uh, other uh, usual all-stars, such yep. as John Skeen and... Jesse. Jesse. Jesse uh, Chinook. Chinook. Uh, Atheos. Atheos. Um, we have other patrons. But we do. They just flew out of my head. They but did. we still love you. We do. And thank you for anybody who goes and does that in the next week. I so, concur. And, and on that note, man, I, I don't... Look, here's... You know, when you're a kid, you know... When, when you're you got to remember, I'm 40 now, okay. so yeah, being no, a kid on, is a long on, time okay. ago. So let me let me just tell you. So when you're in middle school, you okay. always or high school even freshman sophomore year. Okay, it's that weird age where you don't throw a party, you might do a dance. Do you ever do a dance? Yes. At your house? Yes. Okay. So and then there's that moment. No, of I was like, never that popular. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> I did a dance. I did a dance once, and it's always that moment. And even in college, you know, you have that moment of like, I'm gonna throw a party. Is anybody gonna come? And maybe no one will come. But here's the thing. It's our one-year episode. If you want to leave us a voice message, we don't have a service for that. But send us an MP3. Email it to us. Uh, say hi. Send us a tweet. We should do a hashtag, pod, uh, the usual shout-outs. And we'll do a shout-out. Nice. We'll do, we'll do, yeah, we'll do a shout-out segment. I- I'm waiting for you, baby skein. Baby skein. Aw. Yeah, I think he's like 12. But <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but anyway, we'll do a hashtag the usual uh, shout out. And uh, if you do that, we'll, we'll, we'll shout you on the show. Just give us some love for our one year episode. We're going to keep doing it. And we love that we are doing it. And if nobody shows up to the party, we will make fun of ourselves for throwing it out there. Well, you know, screw it. I'm going to go ahead and make fun of you right now because everybody knows who mm-hmm. listens to this podcast. So Marshall's mm-hmm. pretty much a sap. Well, here's the yeah. And I'll, so I, might I guarantee you every time, <laughs> every time we go out for a beer at Piaggi's before we do our <laughs> podcast, he looks me earnestly in the eyes and says, dude, I love doing podcasting. It's my favorite part of the week. <laughs> it's the best part of the week, dude. And I kind of cry a little. And, but for me, there's nothing better than sitting here and producing somewhat interesting content for for you our listeners and our patrons of course yeah and you know don't get me wrong there there are days where i feel it's i mean i was almost hoping your power stayed out tonight because i was like it was out most of the day i almost don't want to didn't want to podcast tonight because my back's hurting and i just and then you know we are buddy like get here behind the mic and i'm like dude wait you can go for hours but then here's the thing it's episode 49 49 and that's the name of the show so anyway one last thing. We actually are working with some other affiliates, similar to Audible and, and that kind of thing. Are you going and, here? Uh, uh, am I going here? Are you going there? No, I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Uh, all I'm doing, all I really want to do is uh, we have a new support page on our website, and there are many ways to support the usual podcast. There and, is many, There are many ways. And we will be talking about them more in depth next week. Yeah, and uh, I, I like to tease some stuff sometimes, and that doesn't always follow through. You're a um, tease. I am a tease. Um, and I, you know, a couple months back, I teased a, a usual, um, app. Well, the company that I went through to make it is just not good because they keep taking my money every month, but they're not publishing it. They're lame. They are lame. And so I found a free site and the app is working. It's on my phone right now. So I'm going to uh, keep doing a little beta testing this week and hopefully I will be able to release it next week with our uh, 50, with our year anniversary. Kick ass. Well. On that note, I say we get to SWOTOR. Let's get in there. 
Do you want to fight? I'm ready. You do not have to stand against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you. If you will only kneel. Uh, so community shoutouts. We are going to basically uh, give a nice... Uh, <laughs> We've gotten we've gotten some really fun tweets about Wog. Oh, really? And one of them was comparing us to National Lampoon's uh, vacation, to where it's like they were in the car and like. Okay, and- you know what? Just on me, the, the part where where you led us all into the lava. Yeah, it reminds me of the very first vacation movie when they're crossing the uh, the bridge over the Mississippi to get into St. Louis. Clark's wife uh, says, uh, "Are you sure this is the right exit?" He goes, "What does it matter as long as we get to the other side?" <laughs> and they end up in like the ghetto of East St. Louis. Well, the funny thing is, is this Wog is sort of the National Lampoon of Swotor, and it's got the scene in them in the, when they're in the car, and it's Wog ops on the bottom. Uh, we've gotten some really fun. Uh, that is awesome. Some really fun deals here, and I just want to give a shout out to everybody who runs Wog with us. And and like I said last week, there was a four hour op. I mean, uh, there there's been some pretty fun stuff. But look, what I like about it is that. Everybody's getting engaged. There's an Ambi Turner thing in here, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> saying, I can't turn left. There's I like, I can't turn left. This, uh, so J- JT said, I can't go left, Pylon. I literally can't go left. Look, kids, the International Council, as SOA. And it's just like, you know, it, it's, it's really a lot of Look, fun. Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get left. <laughs> so it's, it's really been a lot of fun. So thank you to everybody who's been running WOG with us. And, uh, and, and we're going to keep it up. It's crazy sometimes, but I like that somebody's almost always streaming it and uh, shenanigans ensue. Yeah, if we ever do, like if they ever have like a speed run contest for something, we enter a wild group into that. Oh, yeah. We're naming ourselves pigs in a poke. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, it's a speed run. Why is this submission four and a half hours long? <laughs> How many breaks are they going to take? <laughs> we're gonna be like 10 feet away from the starting line because somebody died in an elevator somebody else had to go for a bio break and oh it's gonna be great it's awesome so speaking of which we can game dude uh did you get much game time in uh you know i my computer died this week mm-hmm. it did it shut down and i think i need to replace my power supply yeah it's not good luckily um my laptop still works so i was playing on that but all my ui is different i hate that and so it just totally was not making sense to me it kept you know Going into crouch when I meant to throw a grenade and it was just, it was horrible. Indeed. Um, so I did get on. I ran some, uh, heroics. I turned in my weekly C2N2, uh, thing. Um, yeah, yeah I was, pr- I pretty much, I uh, just ran some heroics. So I could try to do, um, get to 100% rep or 100% uh, achievement on Alderaan. Nice. Um, because well, the last thing I have to do is kill 500 strong, uh, house thules. And I'm at like 380 right now. Make them weak, dude. So uh, we missed you in Wog. I know. I, it's I, okay. My mom came into town, so I had to miss last week. Yep. Uh, that was the week before. What's the week? What was last? Oh, my back <laughs> was last week. Oh, yeah. God. I, I missed it two weeks in a row. You, you laid down because your back was hurting, and then you didn't make it. Yeah. And that's okay. I fell asleep. Yes. Yes. It was horrible. I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you of the things. Dude, but it's okay. I'm, I'm old. I can't remember. We're all getting old, buddy. Snikes. Yeah, okay. So we did a log. We did a 16-man EV. It wasn't four hours long, which was amazing. Uh, we did get through it. Um, there was a moment there, especially in the pylon. We had to do the pylon a couple times. I'm just like, I just, I just don't think I can do it. 
I just, I, I was like, I, I think, you know, I don't know what was going on, but I was like, I just don't want to keep going. And so we kept going and we got through it. Jesse was there for a little bit, but she only stayed a couple hours, which again, it was over two hours. Uh, and, uh, but it was a lot of fun. We derped around as we always do. Um, but look, people always stream them. They're a lot of fun. And we are like the freaking national lampoon of, uh, of Sotor, but it's, it's, it's worth it because. We all have a good time. And, you know, when it's time to buckle down and beat the boss, we do. But, like, sometimes we derp around a little too long before that. But it, it was a lot of fun. And I hope, I really hope tomorrow night is well. I'm hoping JT joins us again. Yeah, who is that kept trolling us to jump off that one bridge? Oh, I don't even know. Who knows anymore? On uh, Terror from Beyond. We've, had, we've had some trolls. But, you know, they're good trolls. They are. They are trolls. They have candy. <clears throat> it's not true. Candy. <laughs> all right, man. So we have a lot of news. Um, and we are going to gloss over some of this stuff. And Glossing. The, the first thing is, is the gear rewards for the Eternal Championship. And we talked about the Eternal Championship last week. And really, they came out and said, what is going to be re- uh, rewarded and what's going to happen? So, uh, Stephen Chu, we didn't talk about this, right? No, we did not. No, Stephen Chu came back because he did put that original post up. And he said, uh, I'd like to share some additional details in the Eternal Championship with you and several topics. So, number one. What's the story behind the Eternal Championship? It's the latest trend in entertainment among the coolest decadent upper class, which I like. I think that's kind of badass. Right. Um, who happily tour the lower levels of their capital to watch their social underlings engage in brutal death matches. So basically, this would be the equivalent of the Colosseum in Roman times or the uh, bum zap fights in Archer. Yeah. 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 Nice. Good. Good pull, dude. Uh, so, and it says leading up to Game Update 4.2, we'll also post a dev blog about the Eternal Championship. So there'll be more stuff coming. Uh, number two, it says, how does the Eternal Championship work? So you start the Eternal Championship by picking out of an access mission, similar to a flashpoint. You begin at round one and then attempt to complete as many rounds as you can. Competing in each round, uh, completing each round, excuse me, will grant you a certain number of common data crystals. After every round, you check in to decide whether you want to continue or cash out. The total number of common data crystals you obtain depends on how many rounds you complete. So that's kind of cool. Makes sense. And we have, you know, common data crystals are pretty common. See what I did there? <laughs> um, you can repeat the Eternal Championship as many times as you wish by picking up access missions again. And there are three weekly missions, though, to defeat the boss five, uh, boss seven, and boss ten. Uh, completing each will grant you rewards, uh, which will be explained later on. Okay? So, so far, so good. Yeah, and actually, I believe they were floating the idea of uh, five being two weight gear uh seven being two twelve and then two sixteen. Yeah, it's something along those lines. Let me let me let me rush into this real quick. I I'm I'm not glossing so so much over this one because I, I think this is a good point. So composition of the fights for each round. So each round consists of a single fight with a boss encounter, which I think is cool. It's not like I was kind of envisioning it like uh in Battlefront where you get waves yeah. of like trash. Each round consists of a single fight with a boss encounter. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of, uh. But it does say in most cases they'll involve ads. But at least there's a boss you're working on and then there's ads. This is kind of reminded me of the waves in, uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest. Mm. Good. That's a good comparison. Yeah. For rounds one through five, they involve a single major mechanic in addition to other combat abilities. So, you know, there'll be one thing you have to do. So it'll say these rounds are catered towards players that have just finished chapter one through nine and are intended to guide you towards more complex fights. Yeah. And when they mention major mechanic, I mean, sometimes it's, Stay out of stupid. Yeah, it's like stepping out of AOE indicators and managing multiple mobs at once and interrupting. So those are what they're talking about there. And once you get into round six and continue to round 10 unsuccessfully, dealing with these mechanics has more significant impact. So the mechanics will be there, but if you stand in stupid, you will probably die. Yes. 
And because the internal championship is being catered to a wider audience, we'll have to strike a balance between challenging, frustra- uh, challenging versus frustrating. Hardcore Raiders with 224 gear will not have much of a problem. And there'll be, uh, let's see, there'll be multiple posts asking if these fights will be tuned for each class. So this is the th- sticking point, I think. Because there's going to be fights that, I mean, in my opinion, I'm going to have no problem with my tank. Right. But Just a wear D- them down. But a DPS is going to have a problem. Especially um, a nice little, you know, soft one like me. Yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless they have a really beefy tank, you know, companion. Right. But this is going to be the balancing point. And they do kind of talk about that a little later. So uh, let's uh, move on to number four, gear drops for weekly missions. This is this is kind of where I think some of the community is kind of being like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to do it. So as mentioned in an earlier post, the Eternal Championship is in, in, intended excuse me, for players to have an alternate way to gear up uh, to a higher tier of gear other than grouping for a flashpoint operation. I've seen several posts about gear suggestions. And so here's what they've decided to do. For the weekly one, defeating the five, they're going to get 204 static gear. Okay. And they give reasons why for all these things. Um, basically it's intended to people to come in right from the chapters and it's better than the 190 gear you get now. Right. Uh, weekly two for, uh, boss seven, uh, you get an air arena token that can be exchanged for a choice of 208 static gear. Okay. And static gear means you can't swap the mods out. Right. They're not moddable. Right. Round six through seven are catered towards players. And this is their reasoning why, uh, trying to do tactical flashpoints. And then weekly three for defeating boss 10 you're going to get multiple arena tokens that can be exchanged for a choice of 216 rating static gear. Nice. Okay. So they go on. I mean, we have the link in the show notes, but one of the thing is, is why reward static gear? And the main purpose is to help solo players gear up, not necessarily to be the most optimized stat wise. So if you want to get the moddable, if you want to go, um, you know, min maxing, you're going to have to do operations itself. Right. So that's the idea there. Um, plus, they're also going to be giving out, um, if you finish uh, round seven, you'll get a new mini pet. If yep. you do round 10, you get a new mount. Plus, there's achievements and titles. So for an achievement whore like me, it's, you know, what I'll be doing. And there's other stuff in there, which is cool. And and honestly, I'm intrigued by it. I like the idea of a solo boss encounter with mechanics. Like right. for me as a tank, that's just a way for me to work on stuff, uh, especially when it gets more difficult. And the, and the other side of it, too is I would actually like to bring my DPS to the fight more often in some classes. And it's a way to figure out, okay, so if my level 30-something companion is tanking that fight, what am I doing? What's my rotation working on that right. rotation? I think that's a good thing, dude. So. Yeah, it, it, it it's basically going to train you how to do op stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to Eternal Championship. Me what do too. You I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, The story sounds cool. Yeah. Um, and we get Bodar. And we get Bodar, which is cool. Um, Especially, I think, I think the Wookiee is going to be a little bit more popular since uh, Phantom or since Phantom. Oh, since Force, Force Awakens. Awakens came out, and people are going to be wanting to pull out the bowcaster. Absolutely. All right. So next thing, update on nightmare loot changes. So there was that whole ongoing thing. We talked a little right. bit earlier about this off mic, but drama. Yeah, so much drama. But the the bottom line is this. I'm going to nutshell this. So before, right now, there's a chance to drop 224 loot. In 4.1, they're going to make a guaranteed 224 drop off the last boss okay in 4.2 all bosses in nightmare operations will drop 224 rating gear and they put they give their reasoning for it they're not ready or tested to do it across the board yet but it's a nice it's it's a nice uh medium ground i think for 4.1 i think yeah because i could i could totally understand why they were upset that um you know in the weekly hard mission they were dropping this stuff but it was much and it was a guaranteed 224 drop you know 
And that and and so I think this is a nice happy medium. I think going forward, I think this is going to work out fine. And I'm never still not going to do nightmare. I mean, no, I do. I can't even do story mode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's too much beer. Moving on. Moving on to that crafting changes in 4.1. Okay, I'm a little peeved with this one. Are you? A little bit. Hmm. Well, should I hit the sticking points here then? Um, all right, so there's been some crafting changes, and now they put a big, long post of what changes are going to make. And I'm going to try to gloss a little bit. Um, I would rather this, like, show up and us experience it before we get too upset. But I think um, l- let's hit the major things here. So... Uh, they basically made, okay, so with the release of 4.0, we made a pass at focusing at streamlining crew skills. And with 4.1, we're continuing with this effort. We want crafting to remain an important alternative to mission and operation gear. So overall, they're going to make more of the higher end gear craftable, which is one thing. Okay. There are a few terms. Okay. So here's the thing. So crafting changes and we have the whole post. So crafting skill increases will go from five, 500 to 550. That's one thing. Okay. They're going to introduce grade nine gear. This is where I'm upset. Okay. Hold on. I think, I think I'm going to help you. New grade nine crafting materials for all skills, grade nine schematics, missions, and harvest nodes. Now, the color crystals, uh, will all craft a color crystal have their level requirement removed, which is just what it, it makes sense because well, they were below make... 41 anyway. Yeah. Because it was, um, you know, you couldn't put the color you wanted. I right. mean, you'd get, especially like, uh, when you got the, uh, the plus 41s in the four pack that you got for a certain yep. subscriber bonus, um, you couldn't put them in your character until you got to a certain level. Right. Uh, and grade eight. Okay. So grade eight to grade nine transition. This is where I think is I'm okay with this. It says with this update, numerous items that previously required grade eight crafting materials will now require grade nine. Now to help ease the transition from eight to nine. We have introduced a new crew skill vendor on both fleets that will sell grade nine materials for their comparable grade eight materials at a one to one ratio. This new vendor is temporary and will be removed with 4.2. So you have a whole month to transfer your things over. And grade nine materials have also been added to the Java scrap vendor. And I'm okay with that. Okay. But the thing that upsets me is just the fact that there is nine grades now. Because the one thing I liked about them shrinking you down to eight with the, with um, coffee release is that I redesigned my storage areas because they're eight rows tall. Oh, I see. And I so see. you, they were perfectly designed to fit your things. Now they don't quite fit if you go horizontal because there's 10 spots horizontally. And so you always have that one at the end. And it just, it makes for somebody that stores a lot of mats like I do, it's just, it's going to make it harder to organize. I, I see what you're saying. I, I thought you were more upset about the transferring of. No, not at all. Okay. So. The other thing is trainable rating 208, 216, and 220 items. All existing 208 rating uh, crafted items are being increased to artifact purple quality. Their item rating is being increased from 208 to 212. And current stat configurations will remain, but their values are increased. And 212, 216, and 220 items will now require grade 9 materials. Okay, And these materials are retroactive on current 208 crafted items. So the crafting skills required to craft these items will remain unchanged. So you can just keep going. Right? Right. This is what I, I recently started crafting in, and this is why. Are you ready? There will be no new augments with 4.1, which is, I think, kind of cool. However, existing 208 and 208 rating augments will now be part of grade 9. As such, we'll be making the following changes to the existing rating 200 and 208 augments. All existing MK8 and unassigned augment slots will automatically become MK9 slots. Right? Yeah, I think that works out. It's a nice, a nice little, uh, 
trade-off there. Yeah, and so these are specifically the slots that are created when you use Augment Kit on the item. And rating two, 200 and 208 Augments will now require MK9 Augment slot. And uh, let's see, all 200 and 208 Augments will now require Grade 9 uh, Materials to Craft. And let's see, the new MK9 Augment Kit will be sold by the new vendor. They can be purchased for MK8 Augment Kit. So if you make a bunch of MK8 Augment Kits... You can trade them in for MK9s. Right. Which is, I think it's a good way to do this. Honestly. Yeah. I, I'm just, the, the one thing I'm worried about is right now, they're basically saying that there's no value difference between 9 and 8s, except for that the 9s are required for the higher level gear, which makes sense now. But if they're adding mats, it makes sense, sort of. Yeah, but after the month where you have the temporary where you can trade in, they better raise the value of those mats if you... Uh, I think I see what you're saying. I think it's I think it's gonna be me. It just sounds like they're adding another level for adding another level for some reason. Yeah, but I think what they're gonna end up doing is adding a whole bunch more things you can craft, which is something that they're yeah. Unless they talk about later, the one thing that this kind of makes sense for is if they're kind of setting this up for when they go to a, a level cap of sixty five. Maybe, but also they have in here too. Uh, all of the deals are able to do certain things now, so. One example is an artifice. They can make 208, 200 and 208 relics, which, which is good. Yeah. You know, um, and offhands and weapons and, and that kind of thing. So we have the link in the show notes for all the things. Um, I'd actually really like to get my hands on some of this stuff before I, I make a, um, you know, if I get too upset about it, but there's definitely mission, uh, skill requirements, different, uh, changes as well. Um, which I actually thought was really interesting. So we'll go to that in a second, but there's been changed to every discipline and all the crafting skills as well. Um, I think overall, I think they're just trying to leave themselves room to expand. Like oh, absolutely. Saying. Um, but I think the trend, I think they're going about that, tra- the transition, the transition. Okay. I just find it weird that it was like, okay, well, the month before coffee came out, we had 10 levels and then they shrunk it down to eight and now they're increasing it to nine. Right. It's like, it feels very fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, granted, it's been like four months, but it's still, to me, that sounds fast. I hear you. Uh, so with the release of 4.0, we unlocked all crew skill missions. And that's one of the things that you didn't have to worry about which ones were showing up. Right. Um, and so they're making some changes within that as well. Uh, general changes, wealthy, rich, and bountiful are the only the result of missions that can provide artifact purple quality materials. Um, and, and there's so many other changes in here, dude. Like, I just really don't even. There are now moderate, abundant, bountiful, or rich material missions for every grade. Uh, missions will now progress in the following order, so they give the order of that. And then there's individual changes to every single thing. They tried to make it so there's at least two um, of every kind of mission available but in some there wasn't and that's why in scavenging bound house it says mostly two moderate abundant bountiful and rich missions per grade um so they haven't quite gotten there yet it seems right so uh there's a lot of stuff in here and i'm very interested to see how it pans out uh i haven't dived down the rabbit hole of uh you know angry forum goers yet but we'll see yeah well i usually don't read forum comments anyways just for that specific reason but we'll see word so we definitely have a link in the show notes so uh check it out and if you have any comments uh about the crafting changes uh we definitely did a lot of glossing there there was one quick follow-up to that uh somebody asked where the new gathering nodes would be located because there's another level of that and it said new gathering nodes will be located in all public areas i don't know why the public thing public area oh because of the strongholds probably um areas of the fallen empire an example will be the Zagul swamp 
So there you go. Yeah, well, in the Zuccol Swamp, but within the Zuccol Swamp, you have that like cave you've got to go into that you can only be on a mission for. Right, right, right. A couple other things here, and then we'll be done with Swotor. Change it to stat, uh, start at 60 armor. So there was that whole thing where you could... Remember, we all got a free token as subs. Right. You could start a player, take the armor off of them since it was buying a legacy, ship it to someone else. And you could do that infinite times. As long as you didn't upgrade it to 61. Right. So it says they acknowledge that. But starting in game update 4.1, the gear that comes with a start at 60 character will be buying on pickup. Okay. And the reason being is this. Uh, what we have seen on our side is that this created a large increase in players creating characters just to get the armor sets and then deleting those characters. This has created a negative impact on the data side. To In, or- in order to adre- address this, uh, we need to make some changes on how that gear works. So there was some issue on their side that people creating that many characters and I guess deleting them was an issue. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it would just be a whole bunch of just crap. Yeah. So now we know there's a lot of interest in having those appearances available. So you can and they give a list of how you can attain those. For example, Sith Warrior and Inquisitor, you can get them from Alliance crates. You can craft uh, grade eight gear with Imperial and Bounty Hunter and etc. So there's a link in the shadows for that. Yeah, I like that they're giving you options, another way to do it that actually require requires resources oh yeah and you know it gives you something to, a reason to do it and it's not just you know create standard character delete create standard character absolutely delete, so all right so last thing here before we get to our discussion topic which i think will be very brief changes uh coming to with to packs in 4.1 so as you may know our cartel market team has been making constant adjustments to how packs work since our rework in fallen empire we have heard in the past few months a lot of players player feedback they really like the functionality of the grand packs. Think of anything from the bronze, silver, and gold packs in the old grand packs were released last year. Because of this, they're making some changes. So currently, when you open a cartel market pack, this is what you get. Two items. It could be a mount, decoration, one rank, five or six companion gift, one scrap. When you open the new anarchist pack in 4.1, you'll receive the following two items, either a new item from the pack or a grand chance cube, which is, this is interesting. Check this out. Uh, one rank five or com- six companion gift and one scrap. So now you're asking, what is a chance cube? Well, let me tell you, Bob. So also the, the, the grand chance cube, you have a chance to receive any available mar- cartel market pack item, including from the current pack. So although the grand chance can't drink, it's very hard to say. Although the grand chance cube acts as a grand pack in that, if you open the armor loot box, it will contain an entire armor set, not just a few pieces, which is cool. That is cool. And this change allows us to make more emphasis, uh, place more emphasis on the silver and gold items in each pack. And so they're no longer building new bronze items. So I think this is a cool change. And I think it's kind of nice that, um, there's a chance to get something that is either gone or even something from that current pack. Granted, it's all less because of. The way those, uh, you know, bronze, silver, gold packs work anyway. Right. Well, one thing I like about it is that they're bringing something in the, the, the chance cube that we previously had only seen in Phantom Menace when, uh, Qui-Gon is, is betting with Oh, the Wano. chance cube. I was like, what are you talking about? Phantom Menace. You're right. Chance cube. Yeah. There was that, there's that region item I have on my smuggler. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, it's like gambling. I oh, imagine there's a chance cube involved. But... Oh, playing dice where there's crouching and throwing. Yeah. Them. yeah. I like to crouch and play dice. Well, you like to crouch and do something. Okay. All right. So our discussion topic, what are we going to talk about, dude? Uh, we had the uh, story live stream today, or as they called it, the January Star Wars story <laughs> stream. Story stream with Alexander Freed and Charles Boyd. Introduced by Eric Musco. Introduced by Eric Musco. That's a long name. Here's the thing. It was, how, well, how did you feel about the stream? 
Um, for some of the love story, they really did not tell anything. No, they the only thing they really kind of went into was they talked a little bit more about Firebrand. Um, they spent most of their time rehashing chapters one through nine. Yeah. Um, they said they really can't talk about the uh, the um, the Eternal Championship yet. So basically, just focus on the fact that you get Blizz in chapter ten, which they really went over quickly. Yeah, they had they had absolutely said nothing about his team of Jawas. Right. That he somehow recruited all the Hoth, but they did talk about Firebrand and how um, if you're an Imperial agent, which is cool because Alexander Freed, who wrote the Imperial agent story, was also the writer for Chapter Ten, right? The Firebrand story, and the author of um, Twilight Company that just yes. came out. So what they're doing is well, because Firebrand is obviously Kaleo, that they, um, you know, if you had romanced Kaleo in the past, and say you're now romancing Lana Benico. There's definitely, because of the way that Kaleo is, right. it's definitely going to be interesting having her come back. Well, and I, as a writer, I the only... Look, the stream was not very exciting. No, not at all. Let's just say that. Uh, Freed is awesome. I think he's a really cool guy. And I like Boyd. Met him. He's a cool guy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to be jealous, we got to see her. Yeah. See him. But and, um, and, what what I thought was the most exciting thing is I want both Musco and Boyd shirts. Their t-shirts were amazing. And for me, as a writer, as I was saying, I think that... um. The best part for me is them talking about writing for certain characters. Yes. They they did give a lot of writing ideas. Which I think is cool because you have the writer of the Asian storyline, uh, Twilight Company, and returning writer to Swotor, one of the original writers. Alexander Freed is very talented and very um uh very very good. But my my issue is that not everybody's a writer. I would love to, I could listen to them talk about writing for a character all day. But most people are tuning but, into this live stream just want information. And they want information and they didn't give much information about what's upcoming. Which, which is why I think they split the story in the publisher dev streams right. because all that information that people wanted is going to be in the publisher stream. Right. Yeah. The producer one. Yeah. So yeah, the, the producer. The, well, the producer stream is cool because they're like, here's what's coming and why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, here's the nuts and bolts. Right. But the, the, the story one, I'm not sure they're going to have to restructure it a little bit because I imagine they're going to not have a lot of people tuning in if they're not going to, A, if they're not going to give any hints to what the story is going to be and B, if they're just going to rehash what's already come before. I just don't see anybody. I, most people that turn it, I feel like most people that tune into these streams are people like us who've been around for a while that want to hear the new information so they can right, talk about absolutely. it on their various uh, podcasts or blogs or whatever. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. It wasn't that exciting. No, not so much. But I still love those guys. Absolutely. You're all right, too. I hate you so much. <laughs> well, sir, shall we, uh, shall we jump out of this and get a Star Wars? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get our pew pew on. Pew pew. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. Ugh. Makes me want to go see that movie again. All right, man. So again. here we are again, 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 again. All right. So here we are. Uh, Star Wars. So let's. Uh, what do we got? Um, Bob Iger came out and said something that we'd all been thinking, but to have it confirmation is kind of overwhelming <laughs> at the same time. I, when I saw this headline, dude, especially the headline itself, the key word in there, forever, forever. And and I saw this headline and I started laughing. 
I just laughed. Yeah, basically, Iger just said, okay, as long as you guys keep coming, we'll keep making them. So Marvel and Star Wars movies are going on forever. forever. And now here's the thing about this. I think um, I think it's it's going to go on for a long time. But people, st- uh, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are like, are we eventually going to burn out? You know what the funny thing is? Is I was actually thinking about this today. I was sitting at my desk and I was doing a bunch of work, but in my, in my mind, I was actually going over this concept of there, is there too much? And yeah, I mean, there are some series like, you know, uh, we are heavily inundated with this stuff right now. Yeah. Elm Street or Jason, where they're on their 12th, 13th movies or whatever, right? right? But those were at a time when, you know, the, they were giving a little bit bigger budgets to those movies, but they weren't seeing their returns. Now you're getting one of two different, very extended types of sagas. Right. You're getting uh, stuff in the paranormal activity saw genre, right. where it's usually very low budget, moderate income, right. with extreme profits. So you're getting movies like Saw, which has like eight films in the tr- in the series, yeah, something like that, or uh, Paranormal Activity, which just released its fifth or sixth. Um, but then you go the other way of Marvel Cinematic University, C Universe, and right. Fast and Furious. Where Fast and Furious actually, we, there's we're going to be talking a little bit of Fast, Fast and Furious news on our next roll reviews. But they're just about to start production on the eighth one. Right. But the thing is, the seventh one was the most successful. It's like the fifth biggest worldwide movie of That's all insane. time. Well, let me let me throw this at you. So there was a time where uh, you know westerns, right, were really popular. Right. Everybody was making a Western. Yes. The people got tired of the Westerns. They right. stopped making Westerns. Uh, are, are comic book movies going to go the way of the Western eventually? I mean, are we going to be so saturated with comic book movies? I, I, well, Star Wars is its own beast. I'm more talking more about the comic book movies in general. And we have, we have comic book movies on, we have comic book TV and we have comic book movies. We have Jessica Jones. We have Daredevil. We have Agent Carter. We have, you know, Agents of Shield. We have uh, Legends of Tomorrow. We have Arrow. We have Flash. That's just TV. We have movies lined up for the next what seven, eight years? Okay, and there are three reasons why I think they can continue forever. Okay, unlike old westerns or um, ninja is, is, movies. Is one in that the comics 80s. have been around since the thirties. <laughs> no, but actually, that that is a very good point. Okay. They have a wealth of of um, material to go through. Right. The First one, and I think the most important one, is the wide breadth of characters that they can bring in with actors that are so diverse that you're going to have so many different audiences being able to connect with what they see on screen. Because as much as we've seen people connect with Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain America, whatever, I can tell you right now with um, uh, Ryan Coogler doing Black Panther and that coming out, there's going to be a huge touchstone to the African-American audience that, I mean, I can't speak to you. You can speak to a little bit better than I can. Yes, I can. I'm black. Um, but having the first major behind besides Nick Fury, which is a little bit different because he was originally a white character. They turned right. black in the and 90s. So, but Black Panther's always been black. Yeah. And get not only is he black, get, he's African black. And get amazing black director behind it and the actor chadwick boseman is fantastic and i just think that i think that this i think that is going to be a nice surge i think you're absolutely right on that right so that's the first one is that the diversity of characters is going to get them much wider audiences and the women too yes yeah when they finally start doing female driven movies right 
I mean, well, Wonder Woman's coming Wonder up Woman, soon. Yeah. Captain Marvel's coming soon. Hopefully, uh, Black Widow will get her own movie. You know, if they were to ever do a Black Widow Yelena Belova like origin oh, story, that'd be great. That would be phenomenal. That'd be really good. Um, so you know, the wide variety of 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 people. Second is the the cream of the crop actors yeah. that they're able to get to. I mean, granted, like even in, at the end of the Western heyday, like with Shane in the mid fifties, you had. You know, Alan Ladd and Gene Arthur. But at that point, Gene Arthur was well past her prime. Right. Right. It wasn't like, and there was a starring role and it was one of her best roles. But when they bring back those types of actors now, like Kurt Russell in yeah. Fast and the Furious 7 or Max von <laughs> Sydow in Force Awakens, right, right. they're playing key pivotal character roles, very much like the Alleganis in, in New Hope. Agreed. But what, so what they're doing is they're bringing quality actors. I mean, we are now going into almost what our 13th Marvel movie. Uh, and we've got something like that. Benedict Cumberbatch finally joining the universe as Doctor Strange. Oh, I can't wait for that. They're so bringing much. in Chadwick Boseman to play Black, uh, Black Panther. Right. You know, right. They're, it's not like they're pulling random. You're, you're right, people. dude. It's not like the quality is not going to go down. Uh, the viewership is only going up. The money is there. So yeah, I mean, if, if all of those things continue to be a thing, especially on the TV front, I can speak to that. I'm, I'm very up on all of these shows. The actor quality, the, the, the fact that you have, uh, um, people of color and women in these key roles, especially in Agent Carter, they play both of those very well. And it's, it's, it's insane to see and so much fun. And I know it's going to keep going. Yeah. You know? And that actually is a great segue to my third reason. Oh, I can't wait. And my third reason is, yes, this is all geek, but not genre specific. Whereas Uh it's not all Westerns, right? Right. Whereas like Firefly is a Western in space. That's a little bit different, right? I love that. Yeah. But when you look at the widespread of comic book movies, it's not like they're all superhero beat-em-up Superman type Batman movies, right? That's a really good point. You also have... Guardians of the Galaxy, which is basically a Star Wars space opera. <laughs> it's so fun. You have um, Jessica Jones, which is a hard-boiled yeah. film noir, 1940s, yep. killing them softly sort of uh, vibe to it. Vibe yeah. to it. Or, you know, pick up on, uh, on South Street, you know, that type of vibe. And then you get into, I really can't wait for Luke Cage, because right. I really want them to bring up that, not the uh, exploitation of the black cinema of the seventies. Right. But that's where he comes from. Yeah. And it, being in hell's kitchen, that's another the wide variety of films. Um, and let me add to that with agent Carter, agent Carter is, is a period a, piece. It's a period piece, but it's also a detective uh-huh. show. And it's, it's sort of not really a superhero show, but it's like, it's got all of the like fun of a, uh, it's got all of the fun of just, you know, a fun romp comic book deal. But it's set in a, in a time frame and they hit in all of the, uh, uh, you know, civil rights and women's issues, women's suffrage, all that stuff, all in one deal and bring in the rest of the Marvel universe. It's, it's, it's perfect. And what I, the, my favorite point about that. This is the Star Wars section, by the way. Continue. I know, right? We totally (laughs) flew off the handle here, but, um, my favorite point about that is that, you know, everyone lumps these in as superhero movies. Yes, there is a great amount of superheroes and mutants or whatever you want right. to call them. However, they get the, they all have abilities. It's how they get them is what designates them right. as something different. Superman's not really a superhero. He's an alien. It's right. different, but you have stars like Rosario Dawson is taking over the night nurse role. She's so good. Haley Atwell is playing Agent Carter. You know, you've got the uh, agents of shield. There's mostly non superhero right. agents. You've right. got, um, and then upcoming with, uh, the, uh, 
Oh, the insurance movie uh, shows. Oh, oh, yeah. What's it called? Um, the Marvel one and the DC one. Um, I can't remember the names of them. But I'm trying to blank. But it's dealing with the real, and they're pulling their own show. The real life equivalents of like what is going on. Exactly. Yeah. They're dealing, and they're they're not only major characters. They're headlining their own shows. I mean, Agent Carter is not a superhero. No. And she has her own show. No, she's definitely not a superhero. And not only is she uh, Haley Atwell amazing, but the cast is great. And what they're pulling and like i said they're pulling in the rest of the mcu in such a way and giving nods to every you know the other properties and and really having a really fun but also especially in season two a really high stakes uh uh marvel property it's a it's amazing exactly and then going back to the whole idea of the western you basically had like in the heyday of the westerns you basically had two different types of westerns Mm. you had the marshall Dillon sort of character who never settled down and just you know, wrestled with the law and all that stuff. And then you had like the little house in the prairie, right? Which was yeah. for, you know, I hate to say, it, but for the women, but you had basically the homesteaders. Yep. And the wild west. Yeah. Basically, that was what you were kind of giving. You had spaghetti westerns too in there, but that still kind of goes into one of those two categories. But they were always stuck there without any real connection to any other ideas. Right. Whereas, so you had just, you're based on stories. So you had Louis Lamore, you had all these great authors that were su- supplying all this material, but it was the same sort of material. Whereas, with the Marvel Universe, because comic books are so diverse, you know, you who the heck had even heard of Guardians of the Galaxy I had, 10 years ago? I had Besides sure. diehard Marvel fans. Right. But because they have those loose connections to the Avengers and whatever, you can bring no-name characters to the big screen and, and tie them into name. with them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, that's the, I mean, Agent Carter. Who'd yeah. ever really heard of Agent Carter before? And now she's going on, she's on her second successful series. She's also been in the Captain America And she's movies. not a side character like she is in, you know, Captain America and these other things. She is the main character and, and kicking ass and having yeah, a good time. And, and going over to the whole DC, um, uh, CW runs. Right. You know, them bringing in um, the Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, every time that, that uh, Kevin Smith mentions this, he gives, that's a deep cut. <laughs> it's a deep I cut. I mean, going yeah. in to bring in uh, what, you know, what's, what, uh, um, uh, um, Shark, King Shark. Yeah, King Shark. Gorilla and Grodd. Gorilla Grodd. But the guy who Arthur Daverell's playing. Um, oh, um, the other side of ha- uh, Firestorm? No, the the guy who's the, the time traveler coming oh rip hunter rip hunter yeah when they first announced rip hunter was coming out and this was like 18 months ago i remember listening to the babylon goes oh that's a deep cut (laughs) if you're bringing in rip hunter and nobody knows who rip hunter is but now he's headlining a major show and this is a god this is the star wars section this is a very impromptu podcast corner and i mentioned this to you earlier um assembly of geeks they do uh the the comic book noob feed and they do the agent carter podcast so the agent carter one is amazing can't can't recommend it highly enough but they also do a comic book new which i've talked about before right and they did a rip hunter one and listening to them talk for 35 minutes about rip hunter was cool because where does he come from uh um how can you see him before all of this stuff and it is a deep cut because there's not i mean there's he's out there but it's it's so hard to get yeah well i mean you've been reading a lot of deadpool lately but you also said that uh um because you you really like jessica jones you, yeah. you started looking into alias yeah i've re- I'm reading alias um you know and and some other stuff like that i started reading the doctor strange uh yep. comics and the vision ones and i'm just i'm i'm grabbing all these things and i'm having a really a lot of fun with them and so we should stay in star wars and then we'll get to get that yeah stuff, we've but, totally totally hijacked oh, this and God. gone into pop culture luckily it's a small star wars week yeah so we only have a couple more star wars things yeah, so we'll, we'll be, well, yeah, we'll be getting back to pop culture in a minute. But 
A uh, couple things. So a couple things. Uh, there's a rumor that there's going to be a larger role for Darth Vader. Yeah, we actually talked about this Rogue last One. week yeah. when we were talking about the uh, the costume designer who claims to have made one that is very similar to A New Hope. Right. And so we'll see how that pans out. I, I would It only like, makes sense. Eh, yeah, it, it does make sense. And I would actually like to see, as we talked about last week, uh, uh, Vader in his prime in Rogue One. Exactly. Because we, we've only seen him over the hill. And before he transforms. And the only time we've seen him in his prime is the comics. Yes. And he's killing it. Literally. Killing it. Literally. Vader Down was phenomenal. So good. All right. So Jack Renner and Logan Lerman talk Star Wars Han Solo spinoff. There's a video. I didn't watch the video. Do you want to talk about this? I didn't um, even see this until you put it in. So channels. really what it is is um, I'll just bring it up. There's a video to it, but I didn't I didn't watch the video. But uh, bottom line is they're talking about playing the the possibility of playing this character. So they basically said, let's see, let's see. MTV recently caught up with the actors and get their thoughts. We, we talk, we're talking about Harrison Ford here. He's no chump, Renner says. You can't do an Im- uh, imitation. You can't try to just emulate, uh, what that is. It's got to be something new. It's got to be something that the audience is going to respond to, uh, would be kind of an in- incredible gig to get. So nobody's got the role yet, too. Right. right. Um, and then Lerman said, I don't think I'd be intimidated. It would be just fun. And as noted in the video below, Lerman said he'd have no problem being a, a D-I-C-K to get into the character of Han Solo. I don't know if that's required, but you know, I don't know if he, I don't know if he knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know even how I feel about this movie, let alone these guys playing this role. Yeah. We're still so far off. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not even going to. Until we start getting some casting news and we get a definite director and, yeah. and writer on board, I'll, I'll wait. So let me check out the film or check out the video if you want, whatever. But you got the next one. Yeah. Uh, they finally announced Kevin Smith's, uh, role in, uh, The Force Awakens, which I've, you know, I'm, Kevin Smith is really holding to his, uh, NDS or in, NDA. In, NDA. Oh my God, dude. Um, and he's done like eight podcasts between this movie and now. Yeah, like, exactly. And, uh, um, it, and I had the right scenes picked out because i i said a few episodes back that i uh i thought he played the character who said they've gone west into the forest and oh right no, he, <laughs> no, he uh, said that. it turns out he was in the same scene where they were attacking maz's uh, castle and he says uh we have incoming at 218.6 move <laughs> I, so now got, i can't wait to see it again and listen for his voice yeah but. so i've got to definitely hear it again that's cool uh and i'm really glad that worked out for him he's a lifelong lifelong fan but also i mean he's been you know, he's gotten closer with JJ in the last few years and, you know, he's coming on. We talked about to direct, uh, um, an episode of the flash. I mean, he's doing, I've always been, I've been a Kevin Smith fan for so long and, and to see him kind of, you know, put a film out there and, and it not do as well as he thinks and to listen to his podcast and hear him go up and down with this stuff, um, to actually have a speaking part in a Star Wars movie is a huge yeah, deal. This is actually kind of going back to the whole idea of why I think these types of movies are going to keep going is, Again, going back to the Western, for somebody that wanted to be in a Western nowadays, you basically have got to do your own Western movie. Yeah. So, you know, you had uh, Robert Duvall doing Open Range with Kevin Costner. You had Clint Eastwood doing Unforgiven. You had Mel Brooks doing Blazing Saddles. You know, right. they all wanted to do a Western, so they did their own Western. Now, with these types of movies, you get people like Kevin Smith or Daniel Craig or, <laughs> you know, these people who just want to be part of it. Oh, that's so cool. And this is an outlet for that. Yeah. And it's just, it's great art beginning great art. For sure. All right. So what else do we have? We have some merchandise stuff. Did you see this? Luke's, uh, the Empire Strikes Back blaster was up for auction. Really? Yes. Uh, did you see what it was going for? No. 
<laughs> Let me pull this bad boy up. All right, so... Because okay. he actually didn't have a blaster for a long... It was basically in episode one and parts of episode two, but you really don't see him with a blaster in three. You don't really see him with the the one and two outside of Dagobah. Right. This was over the weekend. It went up. Uh, there was a post on the Nerdist on the 24th. And uh, basically, uh, Luke Skywalker's DL-44 blaster from The Empire Strikes Back uh, starts the bidding at $200,000. Wow. And there's a picture of it here. Uh, it looks amazing, of course. Okay, you know what the funny thing is? I'm I've bringing never... up the auction because I'm very curious to see where it's at. Okay, well, I've never really looked at it up close before. And I'm really hoping that's a laser sight on top. Yeah. Even though we've never seen a laser come out of it. Because if that's a scope on top <laughs> what the heck is he using holding a blaster pistol yeah, up here why, why do you have a scope <laughs> uh so i i open up the link and it says january 16th auction ends thursday the 28th so that already ended did it sell huh it ended today it ended today it just says minimum bid 200 grand so i don't know number of bids zero so nobody's paying for it uh interesting weird well we'll see how that goes all right yeah well it's still 200 grand that's yeah, a lot of money and uh, next thing is, so I saw this uh, the other day. So Star Wars Rogue One costumes hit the net from a toy fair. Oh, yeah. The Toy Fair 2016, which I'm actually going to mention uh, in the pop culture uh, merch. Okay, cool. We'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, it's a major toy release fair that happens every year. Yeah, and, and they have some pictures of some costumes that are probably used. Uh I mean, they're, they're pretty cool. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we want to sit here and speculate on what they are. but No, I think we'll just wait until. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, there's a couple things I, there's some outfits I want. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just been so, so like I want that snow. It looks like Han snow outfit a little bit from Hoth. That one. Yeah. It actually almost looks like a steampunk version of it. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what it looks like? It looks like Firefly crossed with Star Wars. It kind of does. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Star Wars crossed with uh, sky captain. Yeah. Rocketeer. That's her thing. So anyway, looks cool. All right. So what do you got next? This one you you put in, but I'm actually excited about this. Um, that Disney is getting back to having their. What they did in their heyday of the 50s of doing announcement shows. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, the uh, I mean, you tell them what's going on. The idea is that Harrison Ford is going to reveal Star Wars Land's preview on ABC's special. And so Disney announced Harrison Ford will reveal an exclusive preview of the new Star Wars Land's uh, that's coming to Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts on the wonderful world of Disney. Disneyland 60 special that airs Sunday, February 21st at 8 I will literally watch this in real time. Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited. Um, because the wonderful world of Disney has been around for a long time. And I love Disneyland and Disney World specials. I actually have acquired some and I record them whenever they're on. I get the stupid DVDs from the parks from the thing. Whenever I love, they do a new one, yeah. I just I love that kind of stuff because I love Disneyland so much yep. that I only get to go once a year, maybe. And so I watch the videos when I feel like being there again yeah whenever they're doing their specials on the travel channel i always watch Um, but the wonderful world of disney has been around a long time and it's changed names you know it's been wonderful of disney it's been disneyland uh uh, walt's world of color you know all that stuff um but this definitely goes back to the days of i remember when they they redid fantasyland in 83 um mike uh, michael eisner came on and did his little spiel and then uh, but it really goes back to the uh the grand opening of Disneyland in 1955 and they had a live special on ABC back then and because Disney and ABC before they even became owners ABC was a major funder of Disneyland um to get it off the ground so to speak um but the the uh, opening special was hosted by Ronald Reagan and Art Linklater oh my god that's crazy so and you can actually watch uh, bit, bits and pieces out online and uh, they actually released a 
disc from the vault of the opening special, which is really wow. cool. My sister got it for me for Christmas a few years ago. Oh, that's badass, dude. Nice. Uh, I'm excited about this. I love these kind of things. I will watch this. I will record it and watch it, you know, oh, a couple times a week, absolutely. probably knowing me. Um, and it won't be very long. It'll probably be an hour special at the very most, right? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Um, but Harrison Ford, I mean, Star Wars Land preview in, 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 in. So in. That's how I was in. All right. So that's it for Star Wars, dude. Shall we move on? Move it on. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are. Heroes, you're legends. And actually, I, uh, while that bumper was playing, I looked over at Will and I was trying to remember if he said he'd watched the first uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow yet. And I have watched it, and the the second episode uh, is airing tonight. It is, and I'm actually I have not watched either of the Flashes or either of the Arrows, so I need to catch up on that this well, weekend. While Will plays catch up, you guys just let me know what you thought. I really enjoyed uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm pretty pretty into it. Um, and that bumper is. That bumper is interesting. So once you watch it, you'll have Okay, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. I mean, unfortunately, you know, in, prep- in preparatory. Preparatory? During preparations for this show. Um, Wait, you, we, we, you prepped? Uh, well, going through fan sites and finding <laughs> out what news we're going to talk about. Um, of course, you know, I, I saw spoilers that somebody dies in Arrow and that. Mm. Um, uh, that Felicity gets a code name. But we also don't. Eh, there's some mystery behind the 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 arrow thing. Exactly. So I know I know stuff's going uh, down. I just haven't had a chance to check it out. Yeah. No. It's definitely uh, it's time, dude. Uh, DC's killing it on yeah. TV. All right. So first thing we have Stephen Moffat leaving Doctor Who. Yeah. You kind of thought this was coming about now. I mean, he's been on it for a long time. He's also yeah. showrunner on Sherlock, I believe. Um, he does a lot of stuff. Something interesting about this. And he writes a ton of it. He writes a lot of it. My wife was pretty upset about it because they're actually not coming back for a while. There's not going to be a they're new... They're taking a big break after 10? Yeah. There's not going to be a new Doctor Who, I think, until 2017 or something like that. Well, it kind of makes to... sense for them to be bringing in a, a new showrunner to get his feet wet or her feet wet. And... Yeah. So it says... um it says, I'll be very sad to see him leave the show, but I can't wait to see what he will deliver in his last ever series next year with a brand new comp- companion. I've decided to schedule Steven's big finale series in spring 2017 and bring the nation together for what I think will be a huge event on the channel. Um, 2016, they're basically, they're going to come back. Uh, they're going to do their Christmas special, but it looks like that's about it. Well, they always do take kind of a big break at that point. But this seems kind of longer. It's almost like they're taking over a year off. And I think that's got some Whovians a little ruffled. Well, Sherlockians did the same thing. So. Yeah, Sherlockians. Yeah. Is that a thing? That's not yep. a thing. Sherlockians? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're calling themselves? Yeah. Actually, if you're a fan of Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock, you're Super Wholockian. It's like bronies, bro. I know, right? Okay, moving on. Uh, looking like Luke Cage premieres. Uh, sorry. Looks like Luke Cage is going to premiere in November on Netflix. Awesome. I just, that's all we need. Yeah. The, anything from the, the Hell's Kitchen universe, hell, throw in the kitchen sink. I don't care. And, <laughs> and they can, with Cage, not only, uh, uh you oh, know, Mike, Mike Coulter, who's the, the actor is phenomenal. He's so good. And you know, Iron Fist is going to be there. Oh yeah. You know, Jessica Jones is going to show up. Yep. Is it going to be at the point where they have the kid? Who knows? But, but Daredevil is going to show up too. I know it. At Honestly, some point. I think Luke Cage, they're going to definitely work on the relationship between he and and jessica jones do you think they're, the, gonna, they're gonna do that during his show yeah okay and then and then i think if they want to go that route 
um, for the second season of Jessica Jones, um, or if they decide to do a second season of Iron Man, or just delve into it in the Defenders, then Iron the Man. oh Iron Fist, Iron Fist, yeah. sorry, yeah. or not Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, um, Power Man is all Power Man. called. That's it, yeah. Um, then they can delve into that because if they do bring in their kid, which they do have in the comics, right. That opens up Squirrel Girl. Ah, Squirrel Girl. Ah, I love it. Okay, so um, I'm excited about Deep all those cut. things. Deep cuts. Uh, well, that might be the name of the show. Uh, Tom Welling talks possibility reprising as Superman for Supergirl. Yeah, he was Superman in Smallville. Yeah, I didn't watch Small- Smallville. I didn't either, but I am actually a Tom Welling fan. No. I've seen him in other things. Um, oddly enough, I watched him in the... Cheaper by the dozen movies with Steve Martin. <laughs> he funny. played the oldest kid. Um, but funny. he's, he's a fine actor. Yeah. I'm way behind on small, uh, uh, Supergirl. I watched the first one. I have nine of them now saved on my DVR. Um, well, they just released episode 12, I think. Okay. So I'm two episodes behind. Yeah. I, um, I'm trying to get the wife back into it. I don't want to, she didn't finish Jessica Jones with me and I'd like to finish Supergirl with her. So right. we'll see. Uh, all right. So I like Supergirl. I, yeah, I, I want to. Where in the first couple episodes, Callista Flockhart's character is very, very Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Um, she definitely gains the semblance of a heart. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> what, what, what constitute for her caring for her. Okay. So it's a, it's definitely kind of cool. Cool. Uh, speaking of Netflix and the, um, the Hell's Kitchen people, uh, Netflix Iron Fist gets Jessica Jones writer. Perfect. I, th- I think that's, I think that's a match made in heaven. Right? Exactly. Uh, so what is the writer's name? Do we know? I'm going to pull this up. Uh, slowly getting there, but Marvel's Iron Fist Netflix series become a reality following rumors that Marvel Studios put the kibosh on Iron Fist. Uh, so that was a whole thing we've been talking about for a long time. Right. Um, now a writer on Iron Fist is made known. Scott Reynolds has updated his Twitter account with a pic from, of Iron Fist in addition to updating his profile description, which states that he is the Marvel slash Netflix, Netflix Iron Fist writer. Fantastic. Which is awesome. I'm super amped about that. Uh, there's a Slender Man thing in here. Go. Yeah. Uh, it, a little bit of news kind of snuck out today that American Horror Story, the next season, season six, um, which they're just now wrapping up season five hotel, which somehow got Lady Gaga golden globe for best supporting actress. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, it looks like season six is going to revolve around Slender Man. Cool, man. I don't watch that stuff, but Slender Man is like, you know, urban legends, right? Yeah, yeah. Candyman, you know, all those. Uh, Slender Man is an urban legend that started it on the um, Something Awful forums mm. in 2009. So it's a pure internet age thing. Huh. Um, but it's actually really delved deeply into the teenage psyche where I believe there's a couple of girls in Wisconsin that killed a girl. Huh. And they told, and they, and part of their defense was that slender man told them to do it wow because the concept cool. of slender man is that he's very tall and lanky with a featureless face and he stalks you and Ugh. it's really really creepy i'm not gonna watch that and so for american horror story who really pulls in a lot of zeitgeist stuff which yeah. I mean, if you the first season of murder house is phenomenal because it touches on the black dahlia murder right, it right. touches on stuff if you watch uh, the third season coven it touches on a famous uh slave owner in new orleans in the 1800s who uh tortured her slaves in her attic oh my god um, oh, oh, the show they're very gory right they can be they can be okay but they're not as they're much more um thrillerish i okay. would say okay dc cartoons reboot yeah <laughs> i saw this today and actually i i got excited about this this because, makes me loud this makes me happy because dc owns the rights to a lot of Hanna Barbera stuff yeah. and if you are older than i am and grew up in the I 60s and early 70s 
um, then you grew up on Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Look, I'm not older than you, but I loved these cartoons. I watched, they were always on. I watched them on Saturday mornings. Like I, I watched them all the time. Yeah. I've seen all of these cartoons. Yeah. Love and, them. and other stuff. So they're, they're, they start with a lineup. They're bringing back uh, Scooby Apocalypse is what it's called. <laughs> uh, they're bringing back a new version of the Flintstones. And my mom was such a big Flintstones fan. I've I've seen all the Flintstones so many times. You dude. know, Flintstones was a, because a lot of people forget that Flintstones was a prime time cartoon. Yeah, even back then, it was so good. Dude. So it wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon, right? Um, it was the longest running animated series until um simpsons, simpsons. Probably, yeah. i mean because it had run for like 11 years and right. so simpsons is now double it oh for sure heck even uh family guy is now i think caught up with well, yeah. family guys on season 14 yeah now. at least yeah um but so flintstones are coming back uh future quest which is awesome because this really That's i'm johnny guessing quest, is right? going to tie in with johnny quest nice. and then um wacky raceland and I used to watch rack, Wacky Racers. Uh, I feel like there was not more than six episodes of the damn thing because I feel like I was watching the same one all the time. Uh-huh. But it was just, it was all these villains and people were racing and it was always, you know, the dastardly dude was doing things. I just, I have such cool memories of watching these cartoons. Um, one of my favorite things, because I grew up loving Disney. I mean, I, I was taken to Disneyland like in the womb. And, oh. um, but one of my favorite things from when I was a kid was uh, something that Hanna-Barbera and uh, a couple other studios tied in did, and it was called the Laugh Olympics. Yeah, Laugh Olympics. And you had that. teams with the dastardly guy from from Wacky Racers. Yep. You had uh, Yogi Bear. You had uh, Fred Flintstone. So good. Tom dude. and Jerry were in there. All Everybody these... was there trying to win, and I watched that too. It was, it was so. You know, I've, I've got to look online for that because yeah. I love the Laugh Olympics. That was fun. All right, so we have the future Green Arrow. Yeah, this, a little bit of news uh, slipped out about Green Arrow. Um, th- that uh, Stephen Amell, um, who plays Arrow, is going to be in the sixth episode of season one of Legends of Tomorrow when they go into the future and they encounter a future Oliver Queen. Let me just tell you, can you please watch the show so we can talk about it? It's <laughs> and the cool thing about this is, you know, he's always had, Stephen Amell has always had either shaved or the beard or right. five o'clock scruff. Right. The comic. Green Arrow quintessentially has a goatee and a little pony mustache. Very much like, uh, you know, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. <laughs> and um, it looks like in the, the studio pictures that they released is that is exactly how Oliver Queen is going to look in the future. Oh, that's amazing. All right, man. So comic news. Yeah, you uh, you started this. I've got a couple things. We have a DC Comics rumor to relaunch again, again, and this is post their New Fifty Two deal. Yeah, well, they had the New Fifty Two, and they also had Convergence. So now this is apparently a whole new deal. So it says Disney Comics and Jim Lee have released a rebirth teaser image, which can be found below, and it says uh, it's being said that DC Comics is going to relaunch their line of comics book comic books yet again. Following the New 52 relaunch back in 2011, now Bleeding Cool is stating DC will relaunch this June with a batch of all new number one issues. Uh, it's expected to have, let's see, in line with more Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Suicide Squad related titles, which makes sense. Yeah, and actually, you know, the article is coming off kind of snidely. snidely. Well, yeah, and TV, it says there's going to be TV shows as well. Okay, which totally makes sense. But, you know, Marvel just, you know, did their, now they're in their uh, all new, all different runs that they just started because they wrapped up Marvel Now. Marvel Now only ran for like six years too. So. Good point. They're, they're basically on track with each other because I believe Marvel Now started in 2000. 
2009 or 2011 or something like that. Right. I think this makes a lot of sense, dude. It's going to be fine. Yeah, especially with the huge resurgence of DC properties online with the with the Berlanti stuff. Right. It's 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 a no-brainer. Cool. So, let's see. What do you got in here? It's not Scott Snyder or something? Uh, no, that was you. That was me. Scott Snyder rumored to leave Batman for Detective Comics. So, that's a thing. Yeah, which is kind of like Superman leaving for Action Comics. It's, yeah. I mean, Batman premiered in detective comics i mean that's <laughs> dc detective right. comics right it's it's just it's just really i i don't really understand this particular no post. it's just there's there's a there's a particular run right now called detective comics okay. and so um he's just it's staying within the same studio just switching titles yeah it says uh snyder will move on move on to detective comics which he was previously writing prior to the new 52 uh it remains to be seen what happens with greg capullo uh, who is going on to, on hiatus to do art for Mark Miller. So, uh, all right, so new Supergirl digital comic, uh, debuted. Yes, I picked this up this week. I didn't pick I'm it up. Can you give it to me? Yeah. And I'm looking forward to reading it because I actually do like the, the on TV Supergirl. Yeah. Um, and I started reading, uh, Dark Archer last yeah. month and the second episode of the second issue that came out this week. Yeah. And I can't wait to check that out too. All right, man. So we are getting to our movie section, which we'll go quickly, but uh, we're winding down, man. So we have movies. Uh, let's see. It looks like Hugh Jackman uh, <laughs> is in fact going to make a cameo in X-Men Apocalypse as well, which only makes sense. Yeah. So, and especially if they're, if he's going to show up in, in Deadpool and stuff too. So, you know, we'll yeah. See. So uh, it's it's just it totally makes sense. I mean, might, we might as well hit all the Hugh Jackman stuff in here. Yeah, there's a couple other things. Where's the other one? Uh, he offers an update on Wolverine three script. Uh, he is talking basically that there's a Wolverine three script. Yeah, which you already knew, and it was basically going to be his last his run, last movie, which segues into the last thing here, which he kind of made his suggestion to Marvel on who he thinks should take over Wolverine. And I don't know this guy, Taron Egerton. He is from uh, Game of Thrones. Really? Yes. Wait, what? Which one is he from Game of Thrones? I can't remember. Oh, I'm opening this up. Am I wrong? Is he the guy who played uh, Eggsy in uh, yeah. Kingsman? Kingsman. He was in Kingsman. Okay, so. Oh, my bad. Freak me out. Okay, so, yes, he played somebody in Kingsman. He played the lead, Eggsy. I didn't see that movie. I'm just saying I didn't see the movie. Don't, don't look at me like all, all right i'm all. throwing that up into dropbox time. okay sounds good all right so hugh jackman recommends uh some dude from kingsman okay no i'm just kidding uh i think this is cool dude uh it, it's cool that he's gonna show up he's gonna make these cameos he's gonna do his last wolverine flick and he's gonna go yeah and actually one thing i do like uh, about this is hugh jackman i mean he brought out the animal quality but in the comics wolverine is much more agile yeah than hugh jackman ever brought to the character and if you watch kingsman uh, at the beginning taron egerton actually shows up some parkour skills very cool so it'll be really kind of interesting i would almost wonder do they have him come in as wolverine or they bring him in as dokken Oh, that might be interesting. Which would be a, an interesting segue to kind of yeah, try yeah, to do yeah. that. It might be cool. To bring in another deep cut, especially if they eventually maybe want to go to the Dark Dark Reign saga, but hmm. we'll find out. Deep cuts. All right, so Grant Gustin responds to Ezra Miller flash bashing. So Okay, I think DC just needs to nip this in the bud and just make it one actor playing both make flashes. A make a decision. Or rename them, because you just can't have them both be... Um, well, but this is the this is the crux of this 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 post, is that... Uh, Grant's like, look, I'm going to do what they say that I'm going to do. He said, um, he said, let's see, following the recent Dawn of Justice League special, which featured blah, blah, blah. Some fans took their social networks and they basically got upset. Uh, and so he came back and he basically had to make a post and saying like, I fully support Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. Um, mostly because they didn't ask me to do it. 
right? Exactly. I think they should have because he's great Barry Allen. Yeah, and he says, I'm a fan. It's awesome. Uh, uh, and he's basically saying, stop bashing, you know, stop bashing, just stop bashing him, essentially. No, absolutely. And what, Which is important. What I really don't get from DC is you have a great. great actor who can do the role that you want to do if you want to do Barry Allen. Right. Or you've got about 30 different people that are speedsters in that universe that are the Flash. Right. That that you could do put as well. in a different name, right? I just it just seems really weird to me that they're continuing with this. Oh, this is our TV Flash. This is our movie Flash. Why? It makes absolutely no sense. But you know, we're not the only ones confused by this. Uh, before we get to Deadpool, which is a thing, a uh, new poster. Uh, a Spielberg is going to do the BFG. Yeah, and the trailer for it is awesome. Uh, I'm I'm amped about this, bro. You I know, mean, I was never a big fan of BFG. Um, I mean, I am a Roll Doll fan. We recently read it to the kids, and uh-huh. we bought a bunch of Roll Doll books for the kids, and uh, I I had forgotten most of them, and so right. rereading them and the BFG, there's something about that particular book that um. There's some, you know, it's very whimsical and there's thing, there's elements about it that are, that I think are going to be really fun to see on the big screen. You know, one thing I love about Roald Dahl is, this is just a little side note here is that very few people know about him. Right. I mean, they, yeah, he wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right, and right. whatever. But before all that, he, the reason why he got into books is because he was a retired military guy. He was a, basically a spy. Right. And he kicked booty for the Brits in World War II. And he just needed something to do. And so he started writing. <laughs> That's crazy. And then it became popular. And then a lot of people don't realize this, but he actually wrote the screenplay for You Only Live Twice. What? The James Bond movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm excited about this movie. I like that I like that Spielberg's doing it. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Spielberg is, is starting to do more things that he just wants to do. And he's going to do, excuse me, he's going to do Ready Player One as well. Yeah. And he's directing it, too. Directing Ready Player One. Exactly. All right. So uh, let's get to some Deadpool stuff. huh? Are you ready? Deadpool. So Deadpool tickets are now on sale. Because we're only a couple weeks away. We're only a couple weeks away, which I'm super amped about. Uh, my little theater is not pre-selling them, but I mean, I'm not going to have any problem getting in there. I'm thinking we do an opening night thing, man. I'm excited about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so there. I mean, I'm hoping they do a seven o'clock Thursday thing. Otherwise, I'm going to say sorry, Wog, and do a Friday. Yeah. Friday sorry, thing. Wog. I might skip work and go to matinee or something. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway. Uh, Deadpool IMAX mini poster and collector's ticket revealed. So there is also this idea of like, you know, there's collector stuff that goes, I think they're really doing the marketing stuff, man. Oh, dude, the marketing behind it. Deadpool is it. the best marketing I've seen. Um, it says on opening night, Thursday, February 11th, the first 300 IMAX ticket holders at Regal IMAX theaters will receive an exclusive Deadpool IMAX collector's ticket. Very cool. Which is cool. Uh, and over opening weekend, beginning fe- uh, Thursday, February 11th, the first a thousand IMAX ticket holders at, a- at AMC IMAX theaters will receive an exclusive Deadpool IMAX mini poster, which I would want to have. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And actually, I just sorry I got a little upset because I realized that uh, um, you messed up. No, Roll Ro- Doll did do you only live twice, but no, I was looking up Showtimes and uh, that uh, our theater got rid of Spotlight today, and mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to go see it. Still has the Revenant though, so we gotta go see that. Sorry, buddy. Things go quickly in this small town. If you don't pay attention, you're going to miss something. I'm just saying. All right, so we have a Wonder Woman and Justice League release dates officially announced. Awesome. Do we know when they are? I don't know. You put this in here. I put this in here, <laughs> and I'm waiting for the link to open, so that's happening. Slow internet. Okay, so following the re- uh, recent special that aired on the CW, which we talked about, which we will talk about more in depth when you watch them and for our next yes. real reviews, um, as expected, Wonder Woman were released on June 23rd, 2017. 
and Justice League Part 1 will follow later that year on November 17th, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty much taking over the uh, the Hunger Games slot yeah. that Hunger Games has had for the last four years. And they also, the rest of the schedule they throw in here, so prior to those, Batman v Superman obviously is March 25th, Suicide, Suicide Squad August 5th, um, the rest of the schedule, Flash, starring Ezra Miller, grr, just kidding, uh, maybe, 2018, uh, 2018, 2018 Aquaman, Shazam, 2019, Justice League Part 2, 2019, Cyborg, 2020, and Green Lantern, 2020. Holy crap. It's insane to think yeah, that we're talking about online. movies that are like, and we're talking about the Green Lantern again. We're talking about um, things like Shazam. Shazam! They're going to do Shazam, dude. I'm actually pretty excited to see what they do with that. You know, and this is exactly what they're doing that Marvel's doing. Yep. They're taking a page out of Kevin Feige's book. and It's like Guardians of the Galaxy. No one's ever heard of it. Throw it in the movies. We'll see. Exactly. You know, so that'd be good. Ant-Man. Let's turn him into a hero. <laughs> All right. So what do we got here? This is you? Um, oh no, no! But um, I'll touch on this. Yeah, Mick yeah. G, um, which he he really you know cut his teeth doing um, music videos, but he's probably best well known. He did the relaunch of Charlie's Angels uh, like ten yes. years ago. Yep, yep, I remember. Um, I was like, why do I know that name? Yeah, so he's in talks to direct uh, He Man. <laughs> I would love to see a He Man movie. I loved He Man. So did I. Um, I had the action figures. I watched the show all the time. The original movie with Dolph Lundgren, not so much. No, that was terrible. But I loved He-Man, the action figures, and the cartoon. Skeletor, come yeah. on. <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> what was the cat's name? Cringe? Cringer? What was the cat? With my faithful... Oh. What was the cat's name? And then it got... It was like all lame. And then and then when he powered up, he put a freaking saddle on it and rode it. Remember that? Yeah. What's a cat's name, bro? Come I can't on. remember, but you okay you, by you bringing you know things we loved as a kid. I just listened to um, last week's Hollywood Babylon. Yeah, and um, they were talking about how when uh, um, Kevin Smith is younger, he had a huge love for Land of the Lost. Yeah, yeah. so did I. Yeah, um, I loved Land of the Lost. That's funny. But what I love about it is that when they did the movie remake of it, Will Ferrell was in it. Yeah, I remember. Okay, Will Ferrell was also in. Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Yes, he was. Do you remember his character name? No. Marshall, because he was a marshal at the game service. Oh, yeah. Marshall Willenhall. <laughs> Willenhall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is a deep cut from Land of the Lost because the guy's name and the guy in Land of the Lost was Marshall with his niece and nephew, Will and Holly. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. <laughs> so he James on Bob. I didn't put two and two together until this last week when and they didn't even mention this. I was right, just like right. he said Marshall Will and Holly. And, like, and I'm like, wait, wait a second. What? <laughs> that's land of lost. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, a little side note there. All right, dude. So we have uh Avatar two gets delayed. Yeah, because uh again? no one wants to go up against Star Wars. But again, it's getting delayed again though. It's, Are they not gonna get this done? Are they going to... No, they will, because it's just the way that James Cameron is, but it's James Cameron. So He's, he's been working gonna... on this movie for like six years, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... But the other thing is, you got to remember, he's also filming two and three together. That's true. Okay. Walking Dead's Lauren Cohen joins Batman I v Superman. I love Lauren Cohen. So, uh, did I put this in there? I can't remember. You did. I threw this in there. I'm not a Walking Dead guy, but I threw this in here because I thought it was interesting. It said... She plays Maggie yeah. in Walking Dead, and I love her. And she will play opposite uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who has been cast as Thomas Wayne, with uh, with the two playing Batman's parents. So she's going to be Batman's mom? Um, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is probably best well known. He played the ghost that Kristen, uh, that Catherine Heigl fell in love with in uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. 
Cool. This, I, I'm just, I can't even tell you how excited I am about this. Oh, no, this is awesome. I mean, Nicole Perman, Perlman, who did Guardians of the Galaxy. And she was the first person to graduate from the Marvel's Writer's School That's to get right. their own uh, movie. Right. She's going to write the new Labyrinth movie. Labyrinth is awesome. And, 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 and for the- this to come out the week after... Bowie dies. I was just about to say, in the in the wake of Bowie's Bowie's death, um, having a new Labyrinth movie announced is pretty cool. Okay, who's going to take over that role? I don't know. Is there anybody in? in if they do Bieber, I will not see it. Oh God, no. Could you imagine? Um, Could you imagine? Oh God. No. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I just gave you all nightmares. No, this is like, and I mean, it's nothing against certain musicians because, like. You know, like 10 years ago, they were thinking about doing a Grease sequel, Grease 3. Yeah. Because a lot of people forget that there was a Grease 2, which actually I enjoy. It's one of my guilty pleasures. No. But they were going to do a Grease 3 with uh, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. What if they went older, older? Like they got lead singer of like, I don't know, Stones or like these guys who are like. too old because that's how old David Bowie was there. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like. I think you've got to go with somebody that would. I just want to be young and lame. No, it's got to be somebody in their 40s. So. What about Moby? Oh. Or something like that. Like, like that might be fun, kind of fun. Moby would be interesting. I don't know, Actually, how, you know, I don't know, know what his acting chops are like. No, but. you know who uh, um, jumped to my mind is um, Stephen Durst. Oh. Uh, uh, lead singer um, of Counting Crows. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Take All the right. dreads off them. They're fake anyways. And <laughs> They're fake anyways. They are. They've always been fake. Anyway, we could speculate all day, but Labyrinth movie, exciting. Yes. You let us know who you want to see at the helm instead of Bowie. Yeah, who do you see taking over the Jennifer Connelly role? Oh, you know who this could is a whole you know who could totally pay it off? Yes. I cannot remember her name, but she plays uh Dwayne Johnson's daughter in San Andreas. I didn't see San Andreas yet. You look that up, I'm gonna move on. I we could speculate this all day. I'm excited about the Labyrinth movie. Um I would actually like honestly, dude, that we're talking about remakes from this time period. I would really like to see, and you know what I'm gonna say right now? A remake of the never-ending story. Oh. I would love to see that, dude. Um, that would be awesome. Um, I don't know what that would look okay, like. I would did... it be Muppets? Would it be weird and 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 strange and naming girls and weird stuff? Like, naming girls? Was that it? No, naming moms? That was it. Um, there is a bit of news that actually I saw today that I didn't put in here, and I was actually thinking about saving it for um, real reviews, but it looks like Tom Cruise, who just signed on to do the Mummy reboot, is also in talks with Ridley Scott on a Top Gun sequel, <laughs> which has been talked about for years, Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. with the death of Tony Scott, who right. did the original one, it looks like his older brother Ridley is going to take it over. Okay, cool. Um, and by the way, it's Alexandra Daddario who played the Rock's daughter in San Andreas. Oh, alright. And so I could totally see could her see playing that. off playing the jennifer connelly role i could see that um labyrinth movie new one i'm excited yeah uh so a bunch of stuff uh empire magazine as they do i um, love empire magazine if you i love magazines uh, digital whatever yeah such great content and empire is the best uh, one out of the uk and they just released a bunch of stuff about batman v superman awesome so uh, we have a link in the show notes for that. A uh, bunch of new pictures. Yeah, there's a and... whole bunch of new pictures and posters this week, and I'll be posting them to Pinterest this weekend. Boom. Uh, there's a rumor that Planet Hulk is going to be a thing for four, Thor 3. Uh, that'll be interesting. I don't know what Planet Hulk is, really. Is that a, is that a thing? Yeah, it's a it's a particular run. That oh, was okay. Done. All right. Yeah, Planet Hulk movie has been rumored for some time, but it's consistently been shot down. Okay. They're trying to 
including Planet Hulk in Thor 3, or at least an adaptation. All right. No, I'm not going to read the spoilers. So we have a link in the show notes. I don't want spoilers. So Planet Hulk, rumored, go. Uh, James Gunn confirms Guardians of the Galaxy 2 post-credit sequence. Yeah, the the most interesting thing that I I learned about this was um, because most post-credit scenes are not directed by the person who's directing the movie. They're directed by the person doing the next movie. Right, and this one... So, for example, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, you had the um, the collector uh, right. collecting the uh, the thing from Sif. Right, was done by the person who did Thor two. Right. So. So anyway, uh, or so, no, he did. No, no but it he was, did. James Gunn did that scene at the end of Thor two. Yeah, because he was setting up Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, the cool thing is, is that this one is James Gunn. Right. Yeah, he's doing his. He's doing the post credit scene for his own movie on Guardians two. Cool. Arnold Schwarzenegger talks new title Conan the Conqueror. What do you think about this, bro? Um, all right. There is. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm very excited about what you say. <laughs> well, Arnold's getting a little long in the tooth. Let's just put that nicely. He's a thousand. But the thing about Conan is Conan lasted forever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the movie uh, with the uh, that was about the writer of Conan the Barbarian. Um, started Vincent D'Onofrio and Renee Zellweger, and it was called The Whole Wide World. So he did <laughs> Zellweger a whole Zellweger was in it? Yeah, Zellweger like played uh, the, the person who he was, uh, who was in love with him, Novaline Price. Robert, Robert Howard is the writer of the Conan books, and that's who Vincent D'Onofrio plays. Cool. So check that out. So if they can pull it off without it looking creepy, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm in. I mean, I, I never really was a big fan of the Conan movies, but, you know. I never read the book, so you know it was funny. I was always more of a fan of the B movie knockoff, The Beastmaster, with Mark Singer. Oh, Beastmaster, yeah. Damn right. little ferrets. <laughs> okay, man. I think that's uh, brings us to merchandise, and then we're out of here. So uh, there's a Fandango sweepstakes. We have the link in the show notes for Batman v Superman, which I think is going to be kind of cool. Uh, you can win. Let me let me bring this up. What was it that you win? Do you remember this? All right. So it says enter a ch- uh, for a chance to win a trip to the U.S. premiere of Batman v Superman. All you have to do is head on over to Fandango and sign up for a fan art, uh, fan alert, blah, blah, blah. So um, it's pretty straightforward, but, you know, to go to the premiere of Batman v Superman might be kind of badass. My chance of winning, zero, but fun to try, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, last two bits of merch news, actually. One is actual merch that we'd be able to purchase as normal human beings. Normal humans. And that is some stuff that's coming up in the, uh, the new Toy Fair 2016. It's Warner Brothers and Superhero Girls figures Ooh. um so very very cool the whole there's a new line and you can totally see there's <laughs> aquaman yeah and they're they're straight from bvs so you see the bat flick kind of a silver suit yeah, yeah you see batman without the underwear and you see the the game of thrones aquaman <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that looks very much uh just give him a sword and then uh big sword yeah the one thing i'm actually really excited about is they've announced that they are doing a new production run of the delorean oh my god i can't i thought you i was secretly hoping you were joking no um what i love about the delorean is <laughs> that they're doing this so stupid. it is a stupid car <laughs> but it is a classic car in the sense of that it was featured obviously heavily in the back of the oh, future yeah, trilogy yeah, yeah, yeah. um also it made a nice little cameo in uh the wedding singer oh yeah uh, so you have that uh, uh, where Gulia drives one. Can um, you imagine? So is this going to be a, a, a replica? No, they're doing an actual or a modern day no, production of it. Neither. It's not a re- replica, and it's not a modern day version of it. They're actually using the same production line that they Stop used it. from 1982, oh the DeLorean, to do it. And what I love so about they're going to the make De- a terrible car again. 
Well, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> it was slow. It had issues. But what I loved about the DeLorean, if I remember correctly, it's the only car that is 100% recyclable. Yeah. yeah that's, that's... Because the framework is, I mean, because the, the body of the car is mostly aluminum. So it, um, it, seriously, it, seriously, it, I love it. It looks like a spaceship. I wonder. Wow. So how many are they making? I believe it's 300. Yeah, retail at a hundred grand. Yeah, wow. they're selling them at a hundred grand a piece. Oh, also, if you ever get a, one. if you also get a chance to watch the documentary about, I'm drawing a blank on it, but it's uh, basically on the the hardest game in the history of video games, which is a lot of people say is the ET game from Atari. Oh yeah, and how it was buried in a landfill in Arizona. Oh, there's a whole documentary about that. Exactly, yeah. and in this documentary, one of the guys who is involved, he's a famous guy, uh, picks up a DeLorean from somebody and drives it to the site. Oh, that's funny. All right, man. Well, we we did a lot. We did. We talked a lot, and we this is what we do. It's a podcast. So we talk a lot. So yeah, I I love how our Star Wars section took up eighty percent pop culture. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> we were like, oh, it's gonna be a short Star Wars section. We're just gonna roll through it, and then we we spent, almost spent more time there than we did in pop culture. But let's move on. So thanks for tuning in to Usual Podcast, where we go on weird tangents and stay in the Star Wars section longer than we should. We welcome all feedback. So if you have comments or questions or want to read the blogs discussed on the show, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Twitter Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So, of course, give us time. Give us positive ratings. Say you love us. We're almost at a year episode, buddy. It's exciting. And you know what? I want to okay. challenge a little bit to our uh, our yeah. listeners here. You're about to be challenged. Just a quick little challenge. I would like to hear your guys' thoughts on what we talked about in the Star Wars pop culture section about uh, uh, seeing our being able to connect with somebody on the big screen. Yeah. And tweet us at I am Will Griggs or at uh, uh, Darth Pops uh, and hashtag my geek identity and tell us what geek characters you identify with on screen, whether it be, you know, Jessica Jones or Luke Cage or, you know, wow. anybody. I like that. Oh, I, I just want to hear what you guys think and, and see if we can get a wide variety of people to see that, you know, they are being uh, represented. And I'll tell you what, if you get it to us before we record next Thursday, we will feature it on our one year episode and we'll make a little segment out of it. Absolutely. Sounds so good. If you stay with us throughout this whole thing and partway through the outro, we're almost almost done with and we'll throw this in there. Um, let us know for sure. And um, that'd be awesome. Yeah. My geek identity. Yeah. Hashtag. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys don't just assume that I'm playing the blob. And with that, uh, <laughs> audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. Support us that way. Patreon.com slash usual podcast. And please, please, please check out our support us page if you want to help us out. There are other cool things besides those two things. We'll talk more about that next week. And speaking of next week, should we say we see them next week? We'll see them next week. We will see you all next week. 